Paper Maid. Hey, I haven't what's up? seen you in so long. It has been a minute. Yeah, it's been a while. How have you been? I'm okay. I'm okay. okay. Yeah, I can't complain. It's getting a little chilly outside. It is. Yeah. yeah I, just, I just came back from brunch and they still made us sit outside. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. I, I this, wonder how that's going to go. Really, this is not sustainable. I start, I start prepping for the winter far ahead of anyone else. I start wearing jackets and snow boots and all that mm-hmm. so early. Oh, I get no. made fun of, actually. Listen, I have a heated mattress pad that turns on from like a one to ten dial. Oh, uh, that sounds October so good. Hits, I'm starting. At I was going to invest in so a lit. heated blanket, but a heated mattress sounds way better. Best investment I have ever made in my life. And I'm including my college degree. So think about that. Mm. Well, you know what? It is getting chilly, but... As we already know, you spoke a few episodes ago about those mm. fires that are still blazing. Just wanted to mention, still blazing. Mm, California. Yeah, on the West Coast. And it's just, it's kind of, it's miraculous in a way. Because we're just like, geez, this crisis is so large. That was like a month ago it started too. Yeah. It's wild. And actually, all throughout the year, they've been having issues with fires. And it just reminds me of how... How catastrophic the effects of climate change can be, because there is a correlation between and it is partially causation. Mm -hmm. Like so there is a part of these fires that we contribute to. Right. You know, their frequency or their severity, whether indirectly or directly climate change is contributing to these wildfires. We saw it in happening in Australia and now we're seeing it happening in the US. And it's just, I think we should talk about that relationship between climate change and some of the really crazy disasters that we're seeing lately, like these wildfires. Right. And and on top of that, climate change being a symptom of global warming, right? Which is something that's happening all over, like on average. So it's a grim topic, but... We got to talk about it. All right. Let's do it. Hypothesize. Black Hypothesis. Everybody, this is V Langston Jules and Paper Me, and we are Black, Black Hypothesis, Hypothesis STEM for, for the, the culture. culture. So, you know, all this talk about the California fires and climate change and storms that are coming and all these hurricanes and things like that, uh, it reminds me of this movie that I watched called The Perfect Storm. Did you watch that? Nope. All right, it was pretty good. Uh, it's a loose adaptation of the story of a commercial fishing vessel that was lost at sea during a huge storm. So it was a really good movie. I think about it from time to time. And uh, apparently it's also an audiobook. So I think it's going to be one of the audiobooks I'm going to listen to while I'm going about my day. Listener, you should def check it out too and let me know if you think the audiobook is as good or better than the movie. The Perfect Storm by Sebastian Junger. 
You can use our link, www.audibletrial.com slash Black Hypothesis for a free 30-day trial. Check it out and let me know what you think. Now, I'm going to tell you what I've been through, okay? I have been through it, paper mm, made, okay? Mm. Now, I'm having a whole bunch of relapses talking about global warming. So, I was talking to my friend mm. the other day, right? Well, not the other day, but a little while ago. Okay. And he, he's a smart guy. So, when he said this, I was like, what the fuck, you know? So, uh, we we was talking about global warming, uh, um, you know, just as part of the conversation. And he said, yeah, I don't believe we're we're responsible for that. And I was like, what? And then he's like, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, the, the, the planet's warming up. And I agree with you that it's happening. But it's not something about, that has to do with uh, what we're doing. Humans don't have an effect on that. You see? Because the planet, it the temperature goes up and down every thousands of years. And it's cyclical. And now we're just up on this upswing. Where we're, not, you can tell yeah. who he is by yeah, the, the yeah, picture yeah. of my voice. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're just going on an upswing right now. And that's why, you know, we're, things are just getting hotter. But it's, just, it's, not, it's nothing different than anything that's been going on for the past thousands of years. So, you know, stop, stop, stop <laughs> breaking my balls. You know, stop breaking my balls. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. And I was just sitting there staring at I was like... No fucking way. This guy really <laughs> thinks this. It's but happening. He was serious. <laughs> and I was like, no. But I was like, I, I was just so in such shock, you know? So there are people out here that really thinks this global warming is a whole hoax, even today. Yeah. You know what it's I mean? just like when you walk into the kitchen and those kids are just like, it wasn't me. Right? Like, no accountability. Like, <laughs> it's not, you know I, I, I mean? have nothing to do with this. Right. It's like I can see them that, right in front of the house that has just burned down and they have gasoline and a match and they're going to say some shit like that. Like, that's how I looked at him. Yeah. Like, oh man, it's crazy. So, we, we, I don't know if any of our listeners think this, but it is our responsibility, Paper Made, you and me, the Langston's Jewels, to set them straight. Yeah. Okay. And, and if we're looking to get involved in the world of STEM, this world of science, you're going to have these interaction with these interactions with people that disagree or don't understand or, or have been experiencing and exposed to different you know, narratives that they've just been fed, you know? So this, it's good to have these conversations because now we all figure out how to uh, respond. So now let's look at the facts. It's time to get into into it. So uh, I remember watching this movie. I I guess I just, I don't watch that many movies, but I guess I keep bringing that up. It's called An Inconvenient Truth. Have you watched that before? No. Okay. (laughs) Over oh, two. All right. So we had a president named Bill Clinton. Yeah. Do you remember him? All right, yes. cool. All right. So he We're had on a the vice same president now. named Al Gore. So he was the star or the uh, narrator for this uh, documentary called Inconvenient Truth. It came out a long time ago. And uh, a lot of the things that I remember from it because it was so long ago and I haven't seen it since was that 10 of the hottest years in recorded history recurred in like the past 20 or 30 years. Okay, so I just remember I just remember that sticking to my head like shit, 10 of the hottest years in like the history of mm-hmm. when we've been um, recording temperatures. And also I had this visualization, I don't know if it was a visualization or it was an actual video of him talking about how the polar ice caps are melting and the winters are getting shorter and the summers are getting longer. And that has an effect on, you know, wildlife in obviously a very immense way. Yeah. And there was a this visualization showed a polar bear 
was swimming hundreds of miles to look for the next ice platform for him to stand on, mm-hmm. right? And he never found it. So you know what happens when you get tired of swimming. So I was like, yeah. oh my God, this he poor drowned. animal. He yeah, drowned. For those who couldn't animals. Like, they're cute and stuff. draw the conclusion there, the, the polar bear drowned. He's dead, all right? <laughs> the polar bear died because of global warming. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, yo, how, this is like a huge problem, you know what I mean? Because that's, that's not something that exists in a vacuum. Yeah. It's something that... And you're thinking of it as an issue. You're thinking of it as an issue and you're saying it's going to affect everyone. You know, just as we spoke a couple of episodes ago about biodiversity and how important that is to the ecosystem, right? Because these organisms don't just live within their own community and are not interacting with any other agencies or or living organisms. Mm -hmm. They, They have a place in this system, this web. So... Yeah, we may think like, okay, polar bears go extinct. So what? But that has an effect on something else. Right. You know, it's all there's always something else that may happen because of this extinction. All right. So um, let's. So the thing about climate change as well, like you're saying about these one receding ice caps. Right. Right. They're diminishing, but also the rising sea level Mm -hmm. because of the melting of that ice. Mm -hmm. Right. Because when ice melts, the water that you get from from melted ice is substantial. Right. And I also want to talk about just the facts in general. Just going back to my friend and anyone else that might be listening to think it has nothing to do with us. Right. Let's let's uh, put it all in context. So we're a planet big blue and green Mm -hmm. and we're however far away from the sun okay so the way we have an atmosphere atmosphere has multiple gases in it most of it is some of it is oxygen a lot of it is oxygen that we need to breathe okay the atmosphere also has a function in keeping the earth at a certain stabilized temperature Mm -hmm. because um when the sun's rays or the light the the light from the sun comes to the earth the earth cannot absorb it without the atmosphere. If the atmosphere wasn't there, it would actually be below freezing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the way the earth is able to keep itself warm is the energy will come to the earth and either the land or the sea will absorb most of that heat or a lot of that heat or some some percentage of that heat. Some of it is refracted back into space thanks to the polar ice caps, right? And some of it gets trapped into the atmosphere because of the gases that are in it. Mm-hmm. Right. So and that's all fine and dandy. And, and he was right. Like my friend said, there's cyclical times where it goes up and down, up and mm-hmm. down, up and down, up and, and down. And that's why we call it greenhouse, because it works just like a greenhouse or just like your car. If you've ever been the in the way one, yeah. that the light enters the car. And because the the light is transformed to heat, it cannot escape the car. Therefore, when you get into the car and it's pretty hot outside, you get into your car and it's hot as hell. You burn your fucking ass, all right? <laughs> God forbid your elbow touch that buckle. And okay, <laughs> and that's the let, same let with it, the uh, earth. Yeah. The earth has a windshield around it and the light comes in and it transforms, the energy is transformed to heat and it doesn't, not all of it escapes. Right, so... Yeah, so going back, not to that beat a dead horse or anything like that, but this greenhouse gas that we're talking about, uh, there is carbon dioxide as part of that layer in the in the atmosphere that traps the heat. That is carbon dioxide that is just naturally a part of the Earth's system. Okay, that's part, that, that comes from decomposing materials. You and I are made of carbon. There's carbon dioxide that mm-hmm. gets released as part of just natural processes. 
okay and we also have uh things that are called carbon sinks where uh the land has trees and things like that they suck up the carbon dioxide whenever it turns into fall all the leaves fall off this is across like a whole whole continent so mm-hmm. with the trees that carbon dioxide and other decomposing things it gets released back into the atmosphere right and the cycle continues from spring to fall also in this the ocean also has a process where it can absorb carbon dioxide and push it further down to uh deeper depths where it can hold carbon dioxide there as well it can it'll eventually come back up but that's part of a cycle yeah so there are certain systems that happen where we can um suck carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere Mm -hmm. but the thing is we are pumping so much now since the industrial period since then the earth can't it can't stabilize that anymore you know what i mean so now there's just more in the atmosphere and this it's just gonna keep trapping more and more heat because the earth can't keep up with that mm-hmm. you know and i feel like people also and i feel like people also get things confused like the like weather climate climate change global warming yeah they all sound like the same thing but they're not and if you they're confuse very them, very you can different. take things out of context yeah you know? and i think that is an important distinction to make you know because Many people will think that because the weather is, we still have the seasons, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. We still have our spring, our summer, our fall, and our winter. That is their, you know, argument that climate change isn't happening or global warming does not exist. But in truth, you really should be thinking about whether Think about the earth as an organism, Mm -hmm. you know, think of it as a living thing and maybe making that that um, analogy will help some to understand that weather is more like when you have a cold Mm -hmm. or when you have the flu or something like that. (laughs) Whereas global warming is more like if you have. A critical a, condition. Yeah, like a chronic illness. You have a chronic illness like diabetes. Right. Okay. You have a chronic illness like or CAD or something. Exactly. Or, yeah. What's CAD? It's it's con- it's it's fine. Okay. It's a heart condition. It's okay. like a heart disease. Okay. Think of it like that. If you have a cold or the flu, yes, you're sick, but that sickness can go away. You'll be treated. It'll eventually pass. Mm-hmm. Your body has normal mechanisms and is designed to get rid of that virus, right? right? Whereas when you have a chronic disease, that sickness is something that is ongoing and in many times is is not reversed, rather it's cured. Mm-hmm. So you can't have like a cold and say like, oh, you have cancer. I'm sick, too. Like, I feel that right. is not disrespectful. the same thing. It's not the same thing. Kind you can't say you're move. sick. I'm sick. Ooh, like, let's be friends. Right. It's not the same thing. And understanding the difference. Yes, you're sick. But that sickness is something that naturally it has a process. It happens and it goes away pretty easily. Whereas. Mm the chronic condition is an issue that deserves a plan like a whole treatment plan and it's something that the person is dealing with over a long period of time a that long is, period of that time that makes a cold seem almost minuscule and infinitesimal exactly infinitesimal, you know so one hot day doesn't mean global warming is here but a hot year on average over the last 15 years that's a better or indicator or last or hundreds of yeah. years exactly yeah which uh, actually uh, brings me to my next point um 
they started recording temperatures like around the world or the average temperatures. And when we say temperatures, we we are talking about the uh, the average atmospheric temperature of like either the land or the sea. Right? Mm-hmm. So that started being recorded around 1885, or like right before 1900, right, which was the industrial period where all these factories started getting built up everywhere, and factories spit out a lot of what carbon dioxide, <laughs> smoking shit, right? So, uh, so they started. Everyone started recording data from that point, and we used maybe the first 25 years before and after as a baseline to say, all right, this has been the average temperature of the Earth going back at least 2000 years mm-hmm. okay whatever the the that baseline thing is now and over the past 200 years or since whatever 1900 uh no nah, it's not 200 but uh since 1900 we've been saying that there's been a rise of at least two degrees from that baseline since then on average mm-hmm. you know and that's a pretty big deal because we're already seeing the effects of that with from just two degrees yeah you know if you see before and after pictures of Mount Kilimanjaro or like these famous mountains with ice peaks or coral reefs or the cold polar ice caps. You can see it is considerably less ice on yeah. it than before. Two degrees makes an impression. Okay. It makes an impression because when you're thinking about just one human body, what what do we say we're looking for when we take your temperature, right? It's eight ninety-eight point six, right? And if we take your temperature, especially now in the time of COVID, mm-hmm. and your temperature reads 106 when you're trying to, you know, go in to have your dinner, mm-hmm. and your temperature reads 100.6, you're not being let in. Mm-hmm. You're not. That is abnormal. It's a dub for you. <laughs> Something's going madam. on here, and we don't mess with it. So please. Forget your reservation, okay? And so that is when I really want people to understand that correlation between, or at least thinking of how your body behaves as an individual versus how the earth behaves. Two degrees is substantial. It may Mm -hmm. sound like it's not a lot, but it makes a huge difference. species die off. I've already died off. Yeah, like Like the coral reefs. Oh my gosh, (laughs) they're totally bleached. I overheard a conversation between two divers, Mm -hmm. right? And I was like so intrigued by the conversation because I would love to learn how to dive. Right. I've never been diving in my life, but these guys, they went like deep sea diving and everything. Mm -hmm. And so they were talking about how certain locations weren't even worth visiting anymore because Mm -hmm. the colors were so less vibrant. Like the whole reef was bleached and everything. So many things were dead there. It wasn't worth visiting. And I'm like, dang, there is a whole nother aspect of this that I wasn't even considering. Cause here I am thinking like, oh my gosh, the biodiversity, oh my gosh, you know, these crazy storms are occurring and there's there's sounded more their complaint sounded more like this was a problem with the aesthetic Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know it's like this is a problem with this place is not even pretty anymore so yeah we do as scientists think about the functionality and the things that are changing that affect us but also i guess some people think about the aesthetics and guess what it's not that aesthetic anymore because of you 
and all your friends and me too obviously and we all have a huge part to play yeah and think about not- like driving through the woods like you're on a long drive through california and the beautiful huge trees that you're seeing and you're like wow this place is so beautiful and then you visit again and everything is just burnt to the ground there's Mm -hmm. nothing there to witness to see to marvel at so there is i guess some credibility to that complaint right i remember didn't you say something about like london and smog and how like yes you know we might see uh, other uh instances of basically that story goes there was an issue, a crisis, right, with a smog that occurred in London. Mm-hmm. Basically, fogs are are pretty common in London, so nobody thought anything of it. They're still common today, as certain areas of the globe have their, you know, natural processes that are just recurring. Mm-hmm. Well, this smog became a crisis because at the time of, it was during the time of industrialization, and in London, there were these factories that were producing very harmful chemical outputs, mm-hmm. right? Things like hydrogen fluoride and all of that. Toxic to the human body. So when they were being inhaled, people were getting really sick. And mm-hmm. because there was an atmospheric inversion, a lot of the gases were being trapped at like ground level for mm-hmm. people to continue inhaling over days and so it wasn't going it wasn't yeah it wasn't escaping it was trapped trapped exactly and those just like in covid you know those with pre-existing conditions and such were being affected at a much higher rate they were being hospitalized they were dying people couldn't see right in front of them they were being hit by cars and everything Mm -hmm. it was just crazy so and the the truth of the matter is that kind of crisis did happen before in the Americas prior to that date. So it's just like you do think about, yes, the there are natural processes that cause problems, right? Like Mm -hmm. I said, fog is something that's common to London. And yeah, a regular fog does pose risk to injury, right? right? For visibility. For visibility and all of that. You know, there may be issues, but how much worse did it get? when you included the man-made or man-caused issue of those toxins that were being released into the air and trapped. Mm -hmm. It was worse. So that's the same kind of process, I believe, is what we're talking about man-caused or the human contribution to the rate of climate change. Yes, the earth does get warmer. And that is something that we can confirm, you know, with what your friend was saying that's something that we can say yeah sure that happens right but need, but we need to we're not negating that that the rate at which the earth is getting hotter is nothing close exactly to the cyclical you can't just uh, you can't just say that we have nothing to do with it yes a car can roll down a hill if you have it on neutral or something but if you put your foot on the gas you can't say oh it was just going faster i didn't do anything yes you had a part in it going much faster than it would have gone had you not put your foot on the gas Mm -hmm. and this london smog thing that's not like a single event right i'm thinking about like mexico city and la and probably all of china (laughs) and there's all these hurricanes and floods and and uh, typhoons and all these natural disasters, there's going to be more of them if we yeah. continue on this course. It's okay? actually, research has shown that the the severity and the frequency of these forest fires 
are greatly um, increased mm -hmm. due to what humans contribute, right, to right. the environmental health and the environmental state of our our globe. But research, you know, showing the contribution to increased rates of hurricanes and stuff has been a bit slower. And even I have to say, this was mentioned actually in the vice president debates mm -hmm. because vice president pence said that there was no research that showed that there was a correlation between you know no. what we do as human beings and the rate increase of hurricanes and yes i guess that is somewhat true but the fact research does show that the length of time it takes to prove how our behavior impacts the rate of um, the occurrences of hurricanes takes much longer than proving for forest fires. So that's the thing. Like, it's like, yeah, we can show you that we have something to do with causing these forest fires, right? Because these forest fires happen at a much faster pace. They're, they're something that are already seasonal, so we can see the difference right away. Whereas hurricanes, the amount of data that we need, hurricanes just don't occur at the same rate as forest fires. So it's difficult to show that. We can't say that we, we've proved it until we have all the data. And if it takes a long time to get the data, yes, you may still find out that we have caused a lot of this shit, but it just takes a lot. You won't find out till 10 years from now, maybe. Like, you know, it's, it's just like that. And talking about the increased severity and intensity of these storms, you know, what I've been hearing a lot is how much this seems like we're getting closer to the end of the world. I know it seems very, you know, disastrous and negative, but mm -hmm. it just makes me think about all the stories I've heard about these different types of apocalyptic ideas that could perhaps happen mm -hmm. you know whether it be zombies or or the world just has this massive earthquake and opens up and swallows everything up okay whatever it is these stories just seem really interesting especially because of all of the action so you guys should also try to check out some of these incredible stories that are available to you to listen to on audible we have a link down below so that you can start your free month subscription today. Stories such as Station Eleven, World War Z, One Second After are all available on Audible. Check it out. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's bring it back, let's bring it back, all right? We keep talking about polar bears and coral reefs, bleaching and diving in Australia and all crikey me arm mates. Listen, I, I've never even been to Australia, okay? So what does it gotta do with me? Why do I care, okay? I like the heat to be honest. You know what? We have to understand these environmental issues are still health issues. They're public health issues. Yeah, maybe you haven't gone diving before, but mm -hmm. bleached coral reefs mean, mean that living organisms in the ocean are dying. Mm -hmm. They don't have enough to eat. So those who are dependent on fishing, mm -hmm. they may have less fish or they may have fish that are contaminated with some type of sus substance that's being released in the ocean. Or, yeah, you know, we don't visit Australia, but those living in Australia are inhaling these toxic fumes because these plumes of, of smoke are being 
dispersed into the air so mm. much so that they're visible from space. Mm. So these people are inhaling 2.5 p.m. That means Parts just part of Yes, yes. These particles that are being um, inhaled are small enough to not only bypass, you know, our our mouth and our nose, not only our throats, but they go directly into our lungs and are small enough to to go into the alveoli, which can produce a lot of health issues, you know, cancers, COPD Mm -hmm. and other respiratory illnesses. Which, which will only make them more uh, predisposed to other illnesses, right? Because, Like, say, COVID-19. If you have a respiratory condition, COVID-19 is not going to be kind to you at all. Stuff mm. like asthma, no. So we have to understand that though these environmental issues are important within their own right, just because they're affecting other things just because they're affecting the world around us it matters Mm. but it also matters because it can affect you as an individual me yes you all right you got a point there yeah because i mean think about it these kids that were when we talk about places like newark new jersey the bronx new york these kids are at higher risk of even developing asthma because they're inhaling regular (laughs) day-to-day exhaust and mm-hmm. the pollution there is on a regular basis too much. Mm-hmm. It's too much and they're being diagnosed at higher rates than others. So if we're having this much of a problem without COVID-19, without fires, without all this other stuff, when you add and compound these issues, you're looking at a mess. Okay. Well, when I think about global warming and implications that I think might affect me and I think it affects me, I think about money okay there gotta be some economic implications to all this that's going on right so i'm thinking about like you know when the temperatures are really starting to get really really high and the uh sea levels are starting to rise a lot of the cities that we really love to go to to go and party and spend time and to just have fun they're gonna be in a lot of trouble right like uh new orleans or miami or other cities around the world that are on like on the water, New York City, for example, they're going to, if they want to survive, they're going to have to invest in infrastructure projects. You know what I mean? Like things mm-hmm. that will keep the city from flooding. So like levees, dikes, you know, the water management system, they're going to have to, if they want to, they're going to have to pay to play, to be honest, if they mm-hmm. really want to survive. Uh, I'm thinking about all the places where it's super cold and no one wants to live there, which is like the top four-fifths of Canada or <laughs> all of Russia or like all these really cold places. Yeah. Now they're going to start to like really they're going to become habitable. They're going to be have really green space uh, that's really good for agriculture. They're going to be there's going to be a lot of opportunity for them. anyway. It's going to be mm-hmm. lit for them you know in the places I mean? that we don't even visit now. Right. And the places that we do love now it they're going to have to migrate, you know, because yeah. I mean? it's going to be such a dire case that refugees are going to have to pull all over the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I. And, um, I'm thinking about Russia and specifically because uh, I was, what was I reading? So Russia only has two ports for the whole country mm-hmm. where they, uh, when they do their uh, trades for um, exporting and importing goods. And those two ports where they are, uh, it can be choked very easily because to access them, you have to go through these very little narrow straits. 
So if you ever have a conflict with them, you can easily block them from getting uh, any goods that they need for their country. But if it does get warm enough, the whole top of Russia is blocked in by ice now. But if it gets warm enough, the, all the ice will melt. And then now they'll have the whole top of the country to build a port anywhere they want. And their economic advantages grow exponentially because now they can trade anywhere and do anything they want. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So there's going to be winners and there's going to be losers. And I think it depends on a lot about where you are. You know, real estate on top of that. I mean, more other pieces of land are just going to become way more valuable because people want to inhabit that land or try to um leverage that or make use of the na new natural resources that are there because it's no longer covered in sheets of ice mm -hmm. you know so oh yeah and the uh, antarctica there's like a bunch of countries that are like fighting for a little piece of the land that could be inhabitable habitable in the near maybe five ten years you know what i mean so yeah it's uh there's a whole bunch of things going on and honestly uh I don't know. I feel like this is going to be a really bigger, a much bigger divide between like the winners and the losers. You know, um, other things that can definitely be leveraged are the places that are getting like really, really hot now uh, or in, uh, they're probably seeing a lot more sun. Um, renewable energies. People are going to want to try to leverage that a lot more. Right. Like solar panels and uh, or solar farms, I, I should say, and wind farms, things like that. They're doing that a lot in Europe and Honestly, we'll have no choice but to do that more everywhere else, to be mm -hmm. honest. I mean, we can't keep doing what we've been doing from before and expect things to get better. Like, it'll only get worse. So mm -hmm. uh, I think we'll have to, we're going to be forced to adapt at some point. Yeah. And talking about winners and losers, like you mentioned, this just speaks to the fight for environmental justice because mm. there are those who are going to be impacted to a degree much higher than others. And when we're talking about places, islands, say in the Caribbean or on the other side of the globe, you're talking about all these countries that are closest to the equator becoming too hot or too overwhelmed with the encroaching ocean to be able to function at the capacity that they're functioning now or to be able to accommodate the populations that they currently have. And people are going to have to flee. They're going to have to migrate elsewhere. Mm -hmm. How are we going to treat these people who, who are migrating because of this this issue of climate change. And are they going to be treated fairly? Are they going to be treated fairly? Yeah. With humanity. Because the answer is no. we have to say the equity thus far hasn't been there, mm -hmm. right? When we talk about what we want to see as far as emissions from each country, nobody's really doing all that they can. We've already seen how much th this country, how the U.S. has changed th just from the COVID-19 pandemic alone. We've seen more animals being able to procreate. Mm -hmm. They're even coming into our communities at this point. We've seen less carbon emissions. We've seen, you know, less uh, water pollution and air pollution. So what we've been behaving like within the last few months has changed a lot. So we know it's possible. Mm -hmm. Right. So what will we be doing to to slow this thing down, to really change the rate at which all this is happening to us. If that equity isn't there, how can we even support this idea of there being equity 
when it comes to this kind of big transition, this change of some places not even being inhabitable anymore. Well, that's where we're going to have to start taking accountability. Like I said before, we're going to have to take an active role in trying to reverse the shit that has been happening for the past hundred or so years. You know what I mean? So that means getting into careers, kind of changing the things that you do on your day to day. And by careers, I'm thinking things that will, even if it's a little bit, if a whole bunch of people are doing it, it'll make a very big impact. And I'm thinking about things like uh, environmental engineering, right? We're yeah. making sure that uh, if we sign have a whole up, bunch, sign up. sign up, sign up, you know, uh, we're trying to think about uh, people that will uh, be involved in certain infrastructure projects and making sure that it's not being more damaging to the environment than it has to be. Uh, even though, yeah, people still have to make their money and projects don't need to be completed. It doesn't need to be at the expense of uh, the environment uh, uh, of which the project is going on. Yeah. And and if as young people, as people who are going to be the ones inhabiting this globe, as those who are, you know, the future mom and dads, we got to know that what the world is what we make it. So just know there are not there are so many career paths that you can approach that you can envision for yourself and aspire towards that will contribute towards this this challenge Mm -hmm. and this call to action Mm -hmm. right you can get involved in the public health sphere we already talked about how you know climate change and global warming is a public health issue you can get involved as an environmental scientist, being the one to explain to those around you, policymakers, consumers, health practitioners, that how they should be interacting with their environment, what is good, what will make this worse a, a worse problem than it is, or what will help us to fix the problems that we already have because we don't really know yet if this issue can be reversed or how much it what it will take to reverse it you can also think maybe think of being something like a a climate change specialist right um you can probably be the type of person that can gather a lot of data from big places like either big pharma or industries or agriculture and see and maybe track how the emissions that they are putting into the environment how it's continuing to affect us and maybe we can use that data to maybe help the mph people to drive some sort of uh social change or political change what other things oh um environmental law you can fucking sue these companies that are not doing what they're supposed to be doing co2 in the atmosphere and tell them listen let's all we all gotta be on the same page all right yeah you gotta pay up pay this huge fine I'm not sure if that's how lawyers work, but you can definitely try to fight for Mother Earth using the laws that we created. Fight, fighting for Mother Earth, but even more than fighting for Mother Earth, because as you've already stated, this is the climate change is technically a natural process. It does occur. So if we don't survive, the Earth surely will. And let's say you don't want to do that as part of your career, right? There's still things you can do in your day-to-day life that you can make a very beneficial impact on you like your carbon footprint right and you don't have to live off the grid okay you don't have to not have a washing machine you don't have to join a cult or anything (laughs) like that but something small like 
maybe skipping one meal where you would normally eat meat. Let's say you eat meat seven days a week. Yes, and I you support only eat it that. Four days a week. Okay. I, I feel like we have this this idea that meat has to be in every single meal of the day. It really does not. Right, because the amount of so, uh, the CO2 or carbon dioxide get, gets released from all these farms and these, these packed farms where we have all these cows and livestock and things like that, they produce a lot of emissions and pollution into the atmosphere. Not right? to so mention we, most if, of that goes to waste anyway because right, we just so, throw it away. Right, so if we all decrease our consumption by even a little, like 30%, that would make a very big difference. Go, when you go to the supermarket, bring your own reusable bag. Don't bring a plastic bag, you know? That also helps to re- reduce the consumption of plastics which is also terrible for the environment and remember all the fun things that you did during COVID-19 like we already talked about COVID has helped us in this fight against climate change in some ways were you driving everywhere exactly just you know you enjoyed the outdoors a little bit more than you used to let's admit it so Remember how fun those things were and try to do some of those things when we're not in a public health crisis under a novel virus. Right, right. LED lights, just try to be more efficient in your home. Stop um, consuming so much energy because that also has an impact because a lot of fossil power plants are still running. So if you demand more energy, they're going to have to burn more coal or dirty fossil fuel which is a very which is probably the biggest proponent of co2 in the atmosphere to begin with so let's be mindful of that you know and don't be so wasteful in terms of water and there's a lot of things you could do guys so do it all right come on come on come on all right so i think uh this is a good time to end i feel like there's uh, a lot of things i need to think about and i think that hopefully uh at least one person or two or three or everyone has uh, had a change of heart. And I hopefully if my friend is listening to this, you're fucking wrong. Come on, bro. This global warming is a real thing and we all have something to do with it. We got to do something. All right. I think I'm going to get off my soapbox now. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Black Hypothesis. You can find us on all available streaming platforms. So be sure to subscribe. If you like this episode, give us five stars. Follow us at Black Hypothesis on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And if you'd like to reach out concerning any ideas for the show, critiques, or requests to appear as a guest on the show, then uh, just send us an email at blackhypothesis at gmail.com. Join the hype. Black Hypothesis.